Lord thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Shouts of Grace Sensing brings you pure and undiluted word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. I want to welcome us online uh, for our midweek service once again, and I believe it's going to be a wonderful time in God's presence. Thanks for joining from all over the world. Thanks for being part of this wonderful midweek service at Shouts of Grace Center. Now this evening, I want to talk about a unique topic, something that is relevant to our relationships and marriage. It's something that everybody will uh, have to deal with at one point or the other. And so we are looking at um, a topic titled, Are You Already Having an Affair? Are you already having an affair? Now this topic is relevant to singles and married couples. For singles, because they need to prepare for marriage and for married couples because they need they need to take inventory of their marital relationship from time to time and make sure they've not you know uh started something they really didn't plan for uh, most of the time nobody goes out to say i really want to go out there and have an affair but one thing leads to another and then we often find ourselves in it. Sometimes it's an emotional stuff that begins and before we know it, it's a full-blown affair. Now we want to look at some of these areas, nitty-gritty this evening as God will grant us grace and I want us to uh, just follow because we're going to pick a lot of wisdom from this teaching. And so uh, the first thing I would like to establish is that marriage is a covenant. Marriage is a covenant. We need to have that as a perspective that marriage is a covenant. Marriage is not a contract. Marriage is not uh, just a simple uh, agreement. It's a deep agreement between two people because the word covenant itself means an agreement. But no, covenant is not just an agreement. It's an agreement that is often ratified by the blood. And so we need to understand and see marriage as a covenant. If you see marriage as a covenant, you will be faithful to your spouse. If you see marriage as a covenant, you will, uh, you will, uh, uh, you will move away from anything that want to distract you and get into trouble where unfaithfulness is concerned. Marriage is a covenant and we see that established in Malachi chapter 2 verse 14. And the Bible says there yet you see why. Because Jehovah has been witness between you and your wife. You see, when there's a covenant, there's always a covenant witness. And the scripture is telling us here that God himself is a covenant witness in your on your marriage, on your wedding day, the guests you have are not just the witnesses only. The priest is not just uh, the only witness, but God himself becomes a witness. And that should sense a lot of fear, fear of God into us as regards our relationship with our spouses. It goes on to say, because Jehovah has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, 
against whom you have dealt treacherously, yet she is your companion and your covenant wife. God is telling us here when it comes to marriage relationship, you shouldn't deal treacherously. You shouldn't cheat on your wife. You shouldn't go into an affair or your wife or your husband. It could be either way. Why? Because she is or he is your companion, your covenant wife or your covenant husband and so it's important we see uh, our marriage as a covenant now the thing about covenant is that you don't break it you don't break covenant you keep it you want to keep covenant because there are consequences of breaking covenant usually when a covenant is cut between two people there will be the blessing of the covenant and there will be the curses that goes with the covenant you want to ensure you keep the covenant because you don't want the curses or the consequences of this covenant to come upon you and so you want to be careful what's an affair let's go ahead and define what an affair is an affair is a sexual relationship that's the first thing it could be a sexual relationship oh and somebody could say well praise god i don't have any sexual relationship with anybody so i'm not having an affair but it's not just a sexual relationship it's also a romantic friendship a romantic friendship and it's also a passionate attachment between two people and the key word here or the key phrase here is that without the other spouse knowing you see when the other spouse is not in the know and you have a sexual relationship a romantic friendship notice the word friendship but it's romantic it's not platonic passionate attachment between two people without the other spouse knowing then that becomes an affair in exodus chapter 24 verse 14 exodus 20 14 the bible says thou shall not commit adultery this is not an injunction it is not a suggestion it is not an admonition it is not anything like that it is a commandment thou shall not why would god command us not not to get into adultery because he knows the consequences are not pleasant so we, we need to see what the bible is saying about adultery how do you know if your friendship has crossed the line from platonic to romantic how do you know if you are ready in an affair I'm going to give us nine ways to know. But before we look at this point, let's take a look at what the scripture even says about adultery. Let's take a look in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 20. The Bible says, My son, keep your father's commandments and do not forsake the law of your mother. Verse 21. Bind them upon your heart forever. Tie them around your neck. You see, the scripture is presenting a picture of holding God's work close to us and never letting it go. In verse 22, he said, when you go, it shall lead you. He said, the word has the capacity to lead. And when you sleep, it shall keep you. Glory to God. And when you are awake, it shall talk with you. The word of God is a companion. The word of God is life. In verse 23, it goes on to say, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction at the way of life in other words all these injunctions and commandments they are the ways of life if we hold on to them and do not let them go we will not get into problem in verse 24 it goes on to say to 
keep you from the evil woman and from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. You see, the Bible is beginning to get specific here. That the scripture has the capacity and the ability to keep you away from adulterous relationship. And it's not just about the woman now because the Bible also talks about the evil man, the wicked man who speak forwardly. And so, when it says it will keep you from the evil woman and the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, the Bible is saying, look, constantly getting into God's word and studying it and bringing that the word of God and, and uh, surrounding yourself with it in study, in meditation. It has the capacity to keep you away from adulterous relationship. In verse 25, it said, Do not lust after a beauty in your heart, nor let her take you with her eyelids. You see something here, powerful, powerful. There's something about the heart when it comes to adulterous relationship. It begins in the heart. He said, do not lust after a beauty in your heart. See, the person you don't want to dine with, you don't want to sit with. The the person you don't want to get into problem with, you don't cut, you don't surround yourself with that particular person. He said, do not let her take you with her eyelids. So there's something about the heart and there's something about looking. There's something about the heart and there's something about looking when it comes to adulterous relationships. Verse 26. It says, For by means of a harlot, a man comes to a piece of bread, and another man's wife will hunt for the precious life. The Passion Translation says, Prostitutes reduce a man to poverty, and their drotteress steals your soul. She may even cost your life. The Bible is trying to say, Adultery will reduce a man. Adultery will bring you down. It's simply not worth it. In verse 27, he said, Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? You can't go into adultery and not have the consequences. You can't go into adultery and sin will not go awry. So there's no point. In verse 28, he says, Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? In other words, when you get to this things, there will be consequences. Verse 29, amplified. He says, So he who cohabits with his neighbor's wife will be tortured with evil consequences and just retribution. He who touches her shall not be innocent or go unpunished. So we see from the scripture here that, that, that the reason why God said do not commit adultery, this is why he said so. The person that does it will be tortured with evil consequences and just retribution. He shall not go un- unpunished. So you don't want to go to this area at all. And in verse 32, he said, But whoso committed adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. In other words, adultery will bring destruction. Message translation says adultery is a brainless act. Soul destroying and self destructive. Verse 33 tells us a wound and dishonor shall he get. His reproach shall not be wiped away. Now let's look at some practical discussions. How do you know that your friendship has crossed the line from platonic to romantic? What are those indications? What are those things you see? Number one, I call it conversations. 
conversations. That's the number one indication that tells you if your friendship has crossed from uh, uh, platonic to romantic. And the question is this, do your conversations with your friend include things that ought to be kept between you and your spouse? Do your conversations include those things that ought to be a secret between you and your spouse? The moment you begin to divulge information as it were, that should be kept within the sanctity of marriage to another party just begin to know and realize that the relationship is moving from platonic to romantic. You are beginning to give more value to that outside relationship by the quality of information you are divulging which also tells you that you are no longer focusing on your own spouse. So the first thing or the first indication that there may be an affair is through your conversations. Number two, daydreaming. Have you found yourself daydreaming? Have you started daydreaming about that particular friend? Have you caught yourself thinking about him or about her? Have you caught yourself while you are with your spouse your mind wanders away and you, you, you catch yourself thinking about this other person. It shows that the relationship has moved from platonic to romantic. Because the person you think upon is the person you eventually fall in love with. And the person you are thinking about every time is the person you have placed some value on in your mind. The moment you begin to do this and your spouse doesn't even know anything about it, they know that there is a problem. Those are the times your spouse will begin to ask you, what's the problem? What's going on? You seem far away. You are withdrawn. What? And, and you see, when your spouse begins to ask those questions, it's an indication that there has been a withdrawal and your spouse can notice as well. Number three, has there been a withdrawal from your spouse? Have you withdrawn from your spouse emotionally or physically? It's an indication that there is a problem. It's an indication that there is a problem in your relationship with your spouse. It's an indication that you could have moved away from platonic to romantic. Number four, excuses. Do you find yourself looking for excuses to see or talk to this friend? in quotes at the expense of your spouse you've not spoken to your spouse the whole day but you really want to talk to this other person just know that you're already in an affair you want to talk to this person you want to call this person you want to send sms you want to be on whatsapp you want to call be on facebook it's an indication that there is a problem when when this person is calling you you walk away from your spouse to pick the call that's an indication of an affair because if the relationship is clean and there's no affair there's nothing wrong in picking your call while your spouse is there the moment you have to walk away all of the time it's because you are trying to hide something from your spouse and every time you do that 
just know that there is a problem already. Number five, your thoughts, your feelings, and your problems. Do you prefer to share your thoughts, your feelings, the problems you are going through with this special friend rather than your spouse? Do you prefer to get advice? All of a sudden, this friend becomes your counselor. All of a sudden, this person becomes your mentor. You see, there's an affair. All of a sudden, you are always itching to talk to this person. You prefer to talk to him or to her at the expense of your spouse. It's an indication that you are already in an affair. Number six. False conviction. Are you convinced that this your special friend understands you more than your spouse? See, that's a trap of the devil. The devil tells you, you see, this person understands you more. This person listens to you more. This person has, he, he has this, you know, special way of listening to me and, and dissect my problem and my issues and then is able to minister to my soul. You can even spiritualize it that you are looking for counsel. But it's nothing short of adulterous relationship. Nobody will understand you more than your spouse. It's always a trap of the devil. The moment you begin to feel somebody is out there who knows you better, who understands you better, who treats you better, let me have you know this is a trap of the devil. When you start living with that person, that's when you will know that it's, it might even be worse than the spouse you have. So you better hold on to your spouse. Resolve your differences. And don't get on the, on the, on the disobedient end. Because when you do that, you are disobeying God and you are violating his instructions. Number seven. Is there some flirting or sexual tension between you and your friend? When you are together, is, is there some sexual tension between the two of you? Whenever there's a sexual tension between the two of you, just know that it's a problem already. An affair is developing. And when the chances present itself, both of you are going to find yourself messing up big time. It's a sign that there is a relationship that is already beyond the platonic and is moving to the romantic. Number eight. Are you beginning to touch yourselves? You look for ways to touch. You look for ways to adjust clothes, adjust tie, adjust shirt. Are you beginning to do that? When you begin to do that, and that person is not your spouse, it leads into adulterous relationship eventually. You can begin to look at all these things and say, well, no, 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 just an innocent this, innocent this. But when you focus these things on one person, the only thing it means is that you prefer the friendship of that person more than your spouse. Really, you shouldn't prefer the friendship of another person more than your spouse. Number nine, which is the last one. Where you want to see this, your special friend? Do you pay attention to how you look? Do you try to dress more special? Do you spend more time applying your makeup? 
do you check uh, uh, your, your clothes, your, your trousers, your tie, the kind of shoe you want to wear? Make sure it's, it's a one that will impress this other person. When you begin to do that, you're moving away from the safe place of marital sanctity into the unsafe, dangerous terrain of adulterous relationship where the only thing that is waiting is shame and disgrace. I pray that God will keep you in the name of Jesus and give you strength to focus on your spouse. Back to the scriptures in Proverbs 5, 15. It says, drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of your own well. In other words, focus on your spouse. In verse 16, it says, let, the, let thy fountains be dispersed abroad rivers of waters in the street verse 17 let them be only your own and no strangers with thee focus on your spouse stop allowing your thoughts to wander around and stop believing the lie of the devil that there's somebody out there who is better than your spouse that's a lie from the pit of hell God has given you the best so focus on your spouse verse 18 says let thy fountain be blessed rejoice with the wife of your youth stop rejoicing with other people's wives Every time you are having an affair with either the person is single or married, you are trying to roll with someone who belongs to another person. And God sees that as a violation of the marital covenant. And you know that everything you sow is a seed. And you don't want to sow a wrong seed into your life, into your marriage, and into your homes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 19 says, Let her be as a loving hind and a pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times. Be thou ravished always with our love. What God is saying here is focus on your spouse, your husband or your wife. Let his or her thoughts fill your mind. After God, the next thing is your spouse. Verse 20 says, Why will thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman? And embrace the bosom of a stranger. Don't embrace the bosom of a stranger. Embrace the bosom of your spouse. Focus on your spouse. And lastly in verse 21. It says for the ways of a man. Are before the eyes of the Lord. And he pondereth all his goings. Everywhere you go. Everybody you meet. Who is not your spouse. And you are trying to take the relationship to the next level. God pondereth. On all your goings. He sees everywhere. Why? He's the covenant witness. You don't want to offend the covenant witness. You don't want to violate God's commandments and injunctions. You don't want to lose God's favor over your life and your home and your marriage. I want to admonish you. I want to challenge you. Use this time of COVID-19 break. Use it to focus on your, on your spouse. In China, the rate of divorce went up. Why? Because couples are staying together. Also in Nigeria, there are stories all over the place that more, the couples are fighting now because they are staying together at home and there's a lot of tension. You see, the real problem is that they've been staying apart from each other and they've been using work and activity and business to cover. You see, but the problem has always been there. And this time, I believe it's an opportunity to mend, to repair, to sow 
good things back into your marriage. And let God revitalize your marriage. And let God bring a new life into your home, into your marriage. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. That the grace of God will avail for you in your home. The grace of God will speak for you in your marriage. God will bring healing to every wound in the name of Jesus. And God's strength will be available for your home. And ensure that things work out together for your good in the name of Jesus. As a husband, make up your mind and commit to focusing on your wife. As a wife, make up your mind to focus on your husband. I pray that God will grant us strength in the name of Jesus. There will not be separation. There will not be divorce. God will ensure we are kept by his power. There's a lot of power and strength and anointing when two people stand together in agreement. Make sure you are in agreement. Divorce and severe every wrong relationship with outsiders who are not your spouse. And start focusing on your spouse. And when you do this, you begin to see the blessings of God on a higher level. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the message. I'm sure we've been blessed. We're going to go ahead right now and take our offerings and our tithes. Let's go ahead as we package our offerings and our tithes and then we take our confessions. God bless you. Have a beautiful week ahead of you. Amen. this message. My prayer is that God will give you understanding and anoint the words in your heart in Jesus' name. I would like to give the, our viewers the privilege of accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. If you want to give your life to Jesus, go ahead and say after me, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I ask, O oh Lord, forgive all my sins. I believe you died for my sins. You rose up on the third day, and you are seated in heaven. From today, you are my Lord and my personal Savior. All things have passed away, and all things have become new. In Jesus' name. Wow, congratulations. God bless you. Uh, for taking that prayer. If you have done so, please find a way to reach us either through any of our social handles or uh, through uh, a comment at the section. I will get back to you. God bless you. God Have bless a you. beautiful, wonderful Have a day. nice time. God bless you. This is the end of the message. We believe you've been blessed. Join us at Shouts of Grace Center on Sundays and Wednesdays at Joker Plaza, Ibadan. God bless you.